Welcome to Maker Skills, exploring your internal toolkit with PJ, Tanda, and Tom. Welcome back, everyone, to episode 93. It's a guest week. We've got Eric from Hand Tool Rescue on. Woohoo! Yay. Welcome, Eric. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, if it's not obvious to everybody listening, maybe someone's been living in a cave. Eric, what is your dominant skill set? Uh, I restore antiques. Okay. So what, what skill class is restorations? It's like a level, uh, I'm going to say five skill class. Skill class five? Going. Yeah. With, with a little evaporus, though, you can make it look like a six. Yeah, it's like a, a, at oh. max. At max, it's like an eight. Mm. But mm. that's that's for that's a level like and a wire wheel. Yeah, I can't achieve it. Yeah, it's not achievable. Nobody can, but we all no. would like to think so. Yeah. So there is there is that. Uh, moving right along, it's time for history and fun facts. Did you do any research? on restoration that you wanted to share with the audience? Uh, I did some research on patents because okay. I am obsessed, obsessed with uh, spending too much of my free time just looking at random patents for no reason. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, hoping to come across just something ridiculous. And uh, I still think the one that wins the entire prize of most ridiculous patent is this like 1880s birthing assistant device (laughs) where the woman in labor is placed on a circular table that you crank and it starts to spin at higher and higher speeds <laughs> until I found it. It's terrifying. Yeah, until like the centripetal force sends the baby flying out, of which they've accommodated a nice net to catch the baby <laughs> as you push the baby like, out. It looks like a. It looks like she's wearing a diaper. Yes. Okay. I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled she's topless in the patent drawing. Okay, great, fantastic. Yeah, I haven't seen yeah, it looked, in a while. I think I've I think I've looked at it uh, in the past when you were talking about it, and it was one of those patents where like, like they hired an an artist. Oh not yeah. A, not a patent artist. It was like before they really. Um, like reined in and said, "Here's how you draw patents." Yes. And actually had standards for how you draw a patent drawing, and so yes. they like went crazy with the art back in that period. Yes, it's very intricate, quite detailed, and amazing, and amazing. I, and I feel wait, like this is uh, 1965. Oh, it's 1965. Okay, well, I'm a I'm a psychopath then, but it does actually Whoa. physically exist on this earth. Yes. That's you, that's your next restoration? Is that what you're telling yes. me? Yes. Okay, so have... this is this is part of the, the research fund. It exists in a museum in Europe somewhere, and uh, I must go see this one day. <laughs> I have to go see this thing. Because they built, like, a reasonable scale, like maybe maybe half scale. Like, it was, it's pretty sizable. 
And it's just, why? Why? This is insane. It's It's got to be also like just a bunch of guys got together thinking about how we could make this better. Like no one, no one consulted the what? the person with the baby inside them of like, is this a good idea? Why or not? would it? Why would it spin you this way though? Like, why wouldn't it spin you more like a like a Ferris wheel and less like a merry-go-round? It's it should spin you like a Ferris. No, wheel. you lie. You, you gotta lie. create that centripetal force there. Yeah, you lie down on your table with <clears throat> your legs pointing outwards. Your lady's having the most force <laughs> applied to it. And uh, Shabam, you're a mother. Oh, my God. It's, it's that simple. It's a wonder this never went into production. Really? Truly? That's awesome. Or at least for, like... That was so good. Like, was this before... Is this used in, like, an emergency scenario, like the vacuum? You know, is this like pre-vacuum? <laughs> the a, baby vacuum, a, um, right? Emergency. But before they realized suction. they could use a little suction cup on the on the baby's head or yeah. whatever, they were just yeah. like, "How can we solve <laughs> yeah. this problem?" You know, like bring her into the circus room immediately. <laughs> you, know, you know, this happened as just you like say this, every I'm other there was invention. Probably a podcast or the equivalent. And and they just brainstormed how you could make this on the podcast, and then somebody thought they were serious. Yes, literally. Yeah. And went off and made it. Literally, yeah. my my concern with this, yes, is that we're gonna be rich. It's not very Bill, thought out. I know, I know you got. I know you were able to get the patent, but I, I was kidding. I was kidding when I said that. Yeah. That's why I want you to know. Yeah. I feel just, like there just, was like a hard delivery. Like they were they had this problem, hold, and hold the baby on, wouldn't come on. out. And then some doctor Time looks out. outside and sees the merry-go-round down at like the hospital well, playground. The, pat the patent's bound to have no. uh, the information. There's an in answer, front of PJ. It. PJ, the Blonskys, though childless, love children. Their idea was conceived during a visit to the Bronx Zoo. Oh. They noticed an elephant that was slowly spinning in place. A zookeeper, wrongly, told them that tell told them that's what elephants do prior to giving birth. <laughs> The Blonskys were posthumously awarded the, I've never seen these initials before the Nobel Prize, LG or IG? LG? I'm trying to figure out what font this is. Nobel Prize for their invention in 1999. What? That's like a discount no. Nobel they, Prize. No way. They must have typoed 19. It must be 1865 and 1899, right? I don't know. There's no way no they would get a peace prize for that. What, what the, the saddest part is that this is either date is post the post the date where patent models were required. Unfortunately, it's not a it's not a peace. I mean, it doesn't have to be a peace prize to be a Nobel Prize. Yeah. I mean, you get a Nobel Prize in in anything. In baby. Although maybe what's LG? So if there maybe, was like a maybe our model. adversaries saw the sort of thing that we were willing to make, yeah. and and just backed away from saying, okay, we don't even want to go there. Yeah, and so they were awarded a Nobel Peace Prize. Have you ever the been Science in... Gallery in Dublin has built a full scale model of there the it is Nobel Prize winning oh, Blonsky birthing it's device. It's full scale. There you go. I can use it. It's Whoa. it's the new constipation fixer seven thousand. <laughs> a more modern use that and might and actually be helpful and a more daily use 
Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. it's, you know, a more frequent use, I guess I should yeah, say. Yeah, like, have you ever been in labor yeah, for I mean, how often 30 you, seconds? You have it for a baby. Yeah. Gives new meaning hitting the fan. Yeah. Who is the fan? Yes. And on that note, we're going to Tom. Tom, what research did you do for the show? I was looking stuff up, and I found this website called workaid.org, where they restore old tools in, in the UK, and they... Um, they send them to Africa to, it sounds like they're, they go to like work centers where they teach people how to use the tools and even give out tools. Okay. And these are, you know, shovels and rakes and hoes and whatever, stuff like that. Um, but they've been doing this for years, like since 85 or something like that. Pretty cool operation. But the work aid shop, you can send them tools. Well, they're in the UK, so if you're in the US, probably doesn't make sense. Um, But they also sell tools that are kind of too expensive or, like, have good resale value to raise money for the same venture. WorkAid.org. I feel like we've either talked about that before or that was on some other podcast. It sounds super familiar. Yeah, you talked about it in episode 10 when we did Restoration, and I just ripped it off completely. (laughs) (laughs) That's where I heard it from, yeah. That's, 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 I am the champion of podcasts. <laughs> smooth, smooth. Yeah, that's smooth. sure. Yeah, way to go, Tom. It's it's better though that he's ripping me off, Eric, because he used to just copy other podcasts and, and say what they said on here. Yeah. Well, why not? So it's it's improving. <clears throat> it's become cannibalistic. Oh, uh, new! Yeah. You just you didn't think I could find a new low, and I did. It's amazing. You never cease to amaze me, Tom. I'm so glad that was familiar to you. The level of laziness is never low enough. Tanda, do you have any research for us? Uh, You know, the only thing I looked up was how many times the Sphinx has been restored and wondering about other things that have been restored and re-restored and re-restored so that whoever is doing the last restoration is only trying to restore it to whatever the previous restoration was, not what it originally was. Um... And so I found that interesting. But Eric talking about his uh, um, reading patents uh, made me want to ask him a question. Um, at one point, you had a video, and you were working on this piece of electronics, and you asked like if, if anyone was willing to have a go at how it worked. And I wrote like this small novel in response in the comments, and it was so long. I mean, I like wrote it up in like in notepad or something ahead of time because I didn't want to go back and edit it on uh, on YouTube. Right. And then I posted it. And then like a couple days later, I was like, you are such a stupid nerd, you know, for, for like for like posting a small book on a, in the comments on on your, uh, you know, I like I went out and like looked at like three patents to wow. figure out what what it was to this question you asked. Yeah. And I wrote this long thing, and so I went and I deleted it because I was just like, "This no. is embarrassing. You're, you're, you're. You don't want to like no, put it back. your nerd posterity for, for all eternity. Put it back. I so, like. Uh, Go pin it. I thought that was funny. I hearted all the comments of everybody's, kind of theories on how it works. So, yeah, add it. I'll. I'll Hard it up to the top. I, yeah, I might go back and, and add it back in. Because you know it which is, one I'm talking yeah, about. It that's, was like a secondary winding of all the. That was a uh, like a Model A battery charger. Yeah. 
which is yeah, still super it. it's super cool like a mechanical uh rectifier i believe it was yep yeah it's super cool no i'm i'm look because i saved the file that i wrote it in and i and i was just looking and i still have it so maybe i'll yeah, post it out there as the longest comment i've ever posted on a youtube video <laughs> <laughs> i wonder if there's a limit i don't even know if there's a word limit there's got to be well it i don't know how many words are in this but it didn't uh yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, maybe I should start. You could just start writing. You could reply to your own comment yes. and create yeah, a, ser yeah. a serial. You could write your own serial that's um, true. novel in the comments of someone's yeah, YouTube video. Yeah, go right ahead. Please do. Yeah. More information, the better. Because I, as much as I come across and try to understand the tool before, during, and after, restoration like I, I just i can't become an expert in every single field uh, in order to explain everything perfectly so it's nice to have like a community that can adequately explain everything i can't i don't think that it's fair that you refer to tanda as a community she's a single person yeah how dare you should treat her or treat or her. an expert because how I'm, dare i neither a community a community nor an expert yeah, well, you're exactly. our in-house expert, Tanda. Though that that counts. You're the the other podcast. I, I'm the in-house expert, I suppose, because I know more about these things than my dog. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that is true. That that statement is also true. That you know of. Well, we true. have we she have had the dog. The dog has knowledge. been on the show before. I can confirm that Tanda is definitely smarter. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Well, well, uh, I I looked up uh, restoration superstitions and I, I struck out. I, I kept getting all kinds of weird things that, that didn't really add up. <clears throat> so then I started looking up famous or like historical restorations. And this one kind of was a little bit uh, personal for me because I have a, a s small uh, attachment to it. Uh, the Statue of Liberty, when it was restored in the 1980s, um, so the reason that this is a personal thing for me is because when the Statue of Liberty was being restored was when my school had a class trip that was supposed to go to the Statue of Liberty because that's, I don't even remember what grade I was in, but like that was something that happened. Like our school, you know, whatever year that was, you got to go to the Statue of Liberty. Right. Well, it was under construction, so we couldn't go. But what we got was they, they gave us all a card that had a number on it and they said you can go to the statue of liberty and type in this number and it'll have your class picture in the computer system of the statue of liberty so you can see like like we didn't get to go oh, but yeah, yeah. they included our our school class picture of like you know you know when you used to take like a picture of like 30 kids all lined up um so anyway so there was that but uh, there was some interesting things I didn't know uh, about the restoration. Uh, so they, they of course, had to take a big crane to it to get the torch off because the torch was, like, just trashed, and they needed to make a completely new torch. And it says here that they had an army of craft professionals on the job to take care of this. Not construction guys. These were all craftspeople, which I thought was kind of interesting. And there was a team of French and American architects and engineers, uh, in addition to construction specialists that worked on the project. And they repaired things like the crown, they repainted it, 
uh, but the internal skeleton, they replaced a lot of the steel with stainless steel bars so that it wouldn't go bad, right. I guess. Uh, they put in new elevators, uh, and they replaced the torch completely, which is, the torch is made out of copper and gold, uh, real gold. And uh, the old torch, which was 3,600 pounds, is now stored in a museum for the Statue of Liberty. And it was one of the most widely broadcasted restoration projects. Uh, and it reached 1.5 billion people in 51 countries. So I'm pretty sure... 1.5 billion has to be the most views for a restoration <laughs> to date. Yes. Just, uh, yes. Just saying. Yeah. Just to set I the think bar. You win. Yeah. I think you yeah, win. Yeah. So, um, so. You did. The French lady in the robe gets it. <clears throat> you did yeah. remind me. You know how they said there aren't any superstitions of restoration? Uh, there <laughs> is a Japanese. Uh, folklore, okay, and I just looked up the word again. It's Sukumogami, okay. It, it's the belief that after 99 years, uh, a tool is imbued with a soul, and like a spirit, that uh, y so, so you need to throw out the tool. <laughs> before before it reaches it reaches past 99 years old in order for that ghost that embodies that tool to not haunt you for the rest of your life so the Japanese had some sort of like you know built in uh, tool lifespan in their culture I guess which is uh now that makes me want a hundred year old japanese tool just so that i can talk to yeah those. well it technically it's true according to folklore in the if i look at the ninth the ninth oh, century <clears throat> that began i i do have a quick follow-up for any of our listeners that are actually still laughing about something i said earlier i just looked up lg Nobel prize and it's IG Nobel Prize, referring to the word ignoble, or inglorious, or undeserving, or non-noble. And it's awarded, <laughs> it's a satirical prize awarded for scientific oh achievement that uh, make people laugh and then make them think. That sounds better. And that's exactly that's ex what it did. Yeah. That is exactly yeah. what it did to us. But yeah. they I never that, set out to do that. Right. That's the best part. They were deserving then, of, right? Of this prize, yeah. It's, yeah so it it's like curious. the prize where they give people a, a, you know, like an award for a movie that was horrible. It's and have a whole award show. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a Darwin Award. <laughs> it's a Darwin Award. That's yes. basically yeah. it's yeah. a Darwin Award. Yeah, especially posthumously, uh, like that's borderline offensive and hilarious. Yeah. Like your your invention <laughs> is be. so garbage. There's an official award for it. <laughs> so so bad that we don't even want you to know it yeah. when you're alive. We're gonna wait till you die before yeah. we give you the award because we yes. don't want to be responsible for That's your death. Just insane. 
You've just entered the dealer's corner where bargains are currency. Prepare yourself. So hot off the, the mail truck, uh, Eric has a deal that he got from another country. Eric, why don't you tell us uh, what, what you got? Sure. As is tradition, uh, Andrew Alexander of Blacksmith Tools sends me a bunch of stuff and must include random garbage and paraphernalia from around his workshop into the shipment <laughs> and you never know what you're getting and it's especially nice when i'm like yeah thanks send what you need to actually send me and then uh i'll pay for the shipping and then he's like oh the shipping's three hundred dollars <laughs> and then suddenly they're like what are you talking about like all i wanted from him <laughs> was this uh, specific Loctite compound that is basically like a metallic epoxy resin that is fully machinable and incredibly impact and wear resistant. And it's like a billion dollars. What's it called? Uh, Loctite like 3478. I hope that's right. And uh, I just need, I need it for this, the jackhammer restoration thing. And, that's all I needed. And it's very expensive. It's like $1,000 for like a gallon of it. And he was... That's, that's, because, they, that's because they paid Tom's wife to make sure it wasn't yeah. toxic. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he was gracious enough <clears throat> to give me some because he was given some by Loctite. And uh, he didn't need all of it, so he's sending it. Anyways, the package gets here. It's like three feet by two feet by two feet. It is massive, <laughs> and I can barely lift it into my truck. And I'm just thinking, like, what the <laughs> have you done? And the customs documents. Yeah, yeah, it's just like type. sunscreen. <laughs> sunscreen. <laughs> you know, like, just nothing related. <laughs> Anyways, I finally get to open it. <clears throat> the gallon of stuff is in there. Yes, thank you, thank you. But that maybe weighs 20 pounds. Okay. This is like a 150-pound ridiculous stash. And uh, it's basically filled with just rusty miscellaneous wrenches and spark plugs and some garbage bags, his used gloves, a bunch of like random soapstone sticks without the holders. Um, what else is in there? We have some Norton oil stones, a, a bench scraper, just complete junk. And he does this very often, very often. Like one of the other tools I got from him came with like a, uh, like a water gun system attached to it. It's just, he just loads up whatever he can see around him within arm's reach and throws it in. And then you get like a little nice, uh, a nice surprise with every delivery. But uh, the other main thing that ended up being most of the weight was just this very odd Brazilian uh, steel chainsaw that I knew he had for a while and I wanted, and he actually sent it along. So that was nice. It was very nice. But my God, like never, <laughs> just never receive a package from him. 
<laughs> so it would have been cheaper to buy the Loctite at this point. At, at this point, like honestly, it was. I paid. It's. I look. Yeah. I just looked it up. It's like 150 bucks for a pound. Yeah, which canister. is probably all I would need. But the fact that he had this like gallon of it. And it was free, yeah. and I only had to pay wow. the shipping of that. I was assuming, like, oh, yeah, I don't know, 50 bucks, whatever. <laughs> no, it's like $300 of stuff. But that's fine. I got the chainsaw, too, and, and all that other. It's not useless stuff. I'll, I'll use some of it. There's some nice glue from 1999. That was a really nice, nice addition. <laughs> So stuff like that's good. Uh, Eric, I, I saw your, your, your stories today. I think out of all the things, my favorite had to be uh, the the quick disconnect air hose that was cut like a it was like a twelve foot sec twelve twelve yeah. inch section with like hose on each side of a male female air hose yes. connected that just was thrown in there yeah. for no apparent oh, reason. Yeah, if your compressor is one foot that, Short, that no the like best the best part is you need that's that's it exactly just makes no need. sense because why cut each end of the line when you can just uncouple the actual air coupling like it hurts my brain greatly it really <laughs> does hurt my brain yeah i'm sure i'll find some other stuff but uh it's a very nice case now i have a nice metal chest i should say so there's also that, but I always wonder. I have that chest. You do, Eric. I have one that it. Well, it's not the exact same one. Yours look like it opened from the top. It's for like moving, like lights and speakers. Yeah, and stuff. mine opens from the middle. Mine clamshells open like fifty percent. Yours look like it opened from the top. Yeah. Is that right? It's like a treasure chest. Yes. Yeah, so, I I got the exact same thing off the streets of Brooklyn when I was living in Greenpoint. And some, I, I don't know, there was somebody I was living like next to put it out on the street and, I, and it looked okay. So I grabbed it and I opened it up and it's filled with motor oil. Nice. Not like bottles of motor oil, like just randomly uh, yeah, slushing around motor oil. Yeah. So I knew it was water resistant at that right. point. I'm like, oh, that's perfect. I'll take it. Yeah. And um, I've got like lighting equipment in there. Yeah. So. I, I could use it and I'll use it, but... Uh... I wasn't expecting the mass of paraphernalia because my workshop's not, you know, the cleanest. I don't have the uh, exquisite no. space and uh, effort, really, to to clean my own workshop. Or the desire. The desire is the biggest problem. Yeah, actually, the space the space yeah. is the biggest problem. Actually, what causes the space problem was children. So really, children were the biggest problem of all of this. I used to store all my <laughs> outside, but now I can't. So I wanted to ask you, since we're in the we're in the stuff section before we go into the next segment, um, you you got the wrenches that I sent you. Yes. But all I saw was like one story where you put like a foot on the pallet and then you didn't speak of it at all. Is there a reason for that? <laughs> yes, of course. Um, I need to uh, move them into my workshop, which they will be. Uh, and then I will touch them graciously. 
So, like, winter starts uh, <laughs> after tomorrow here. So, oh, I, ha- boy. I have one day to remove those and place them into the workshop perfectly. I didn't want to touch them for a while because uh, I didn't know where in the world I was going to actually put them. <laughs> like they, so I wasn't, I wasn't home. I wasn't home when they were delivered. So I had my, uh, my friend and neighbor pick them up for me and just drop them off. And he did like a, like a dump off the back of the truck, uh, annihilation of the pallet maneuver because, uh, he was not expecting the weight. And I was, kept telling him, I'm like, these are like 400 pounds total. Uh, but they're fine. Okay, so they're fine. I'm not concerned. But they're just chilling. They're just still just chilling in the exact spot. Because it wasn't until uh, last weekend that I finally like cleared enough space in here to adequately store them. So once they get in here and away from the snow now... Um, I will I will touch them. You will see more of them. I want to do a video on them, them before the end of the year, if I can. So it's going to be like the next, after I finish this uh, weird rammer thing, that's the next thing. So you'll see it, don't you worry. So I'm going to reiterate my warning. Perhaps you should use Andrew's used gloves. Um, yes. Don't touch them with your bare hands. Yes. Just, I'm just warning you right now. Those yes. teeth are sharp i know sharp so violently interested in like just like thinking about how to even use those in like a video properly i don't i can't even Uh, lift it i can't even lift it no no it's a wrench so massive that it's not usable by one human you need like one of those um fanic robot arms that could pick it up for you. Yes, that that's what you need. You like wasn't Jimmy trying to get one of those? That would be super, very nice, and obviously a he, billion yeah, dollars. Yeah, I think he had someone that was gonna collaborate with him on yeah, that. Yeah, that would be nuts. But I don't have at the the place where we make the wrenches. There's a like a little I beam crane that I could probably hang it off of and uh just go swinging by on it and tighten <laughs> tighten some stuff it was for pipe up to 18 18 inches inches yeah it was it was it was uh it was either three or six inches to 18 inches yeah like what what am i massive so for demonstration <clears throat> i'm just <clears throat> thinking like for demonstration purposes do i like obtain 18 inch pipe and screw it into another 18 inch pipe and then i think so i don't want to i don't want to like ruin the pristine teeth you could go the other way and do like three quarter inch pipe it would be doable in 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 the united (laughs) states i don't know if it's doable in canada but you need to find a guy that collects trains like full-size trains and find somebody that's got like a steam locomotive because that's what this thing was designed for. Basically. It was designed for like that. I know it's just. And then so just be insane. like, "Hey, do you have any nuts that need to be tightened on your locomotive? Yeah, I've got a wrench." <laughs> yeah, just asking guys if they need their nuts tightened is usually a, just a great, yeah. a yeah. great start to a conversation. It's a non-starter. Yeah. 
because I've got a locomotive nut wrench. Yeah. yeah. It is yeah. it is interesting in how I'm going to accomplish uh, restoring it to some level because they're so pristine in like one way, but still so like rusty and they need they need to be like at least the the rust needs to be stopped so it doesn't continue so i i have some ideas because you dunk that thing in evapor rust you can't it doesn't fit okay and you can't just you need like a custom tank yeah and you can't um you can't do like half and then s- spin it around and put the other half can in. you can, um you could uh I think I got this tip from Jimmy. You could you could just make a make a frame and line it with plastic, and then just kind of like have a pump. Yes, just pump exactly. So over it into a plastic. It, it's just I got to make something or do something in order to fully submerge this, uh, unless I do what I sometimes do and I soak towels in evaporous and wrap and having, wrap it around. Having an evaporous fountain. Yes, fountain is, would like, be very be a nice. goal anyway. It's you too bad have, like, that Evaporest has the mountain, and you just put it in the bottom. Yeah, that would be very nice. Like a chocolate yeah. fountain. I'm disappointed that you can't... Like, that etch line that Evaporest creates <clears throat> if some of it's out of the water is just so aggressive, so... Uh, that's unfortunate. So, I don't want to ruin anything like that. There's also... So, you can't have, like, a shower head of Evaporest just constantly you, flowing you over You might. It? I think that'll probably be okay. I think it's like the interaction between the oxygen and right, the but it's so the big it would all, it would still have a line. Yeah, somewhere, maybe, right? maybe. Unless it was just covering the whole. And then thing. there's also yeah. like it has the original bluing, like the original mill scale on it in some locations, which will be removed when I dunk it in the evaporous. Uh, hmm. If it's just bluing, if it's mill scale, it won't be removed. Uh, so, I don't know. There's like a specific way I'm going to tackle that because it's it's mostly just it's just like a surface thing. Everything mechanically, I think, is completely fine with that. It's like never been used. So, uh, yeah. I want to touch it. I want to get to it. I want to sensualize it in my hands, and uh, I'm excited to see because I have two of them. So, one I will do up very pretty and never use, and then the other one. I'll just use it once for like demonstrations, but like strategically padded or something. I don't want to ruin the teeth. It's very cool. I almost feel like instead of of using it on like a pipe, you should like crack a giant nut with it. Or yeah, something. like uh, well, like, like a like a like a can. It might be around around Halloween time. We could probably crush a pumpkin easily. Yeah, yeah. yeah, right. Crush a pumpkin. Something. Uh, something that, like that. Yeah, I kind of like Tom's idea, going the other way. And what would like the minimum is like what two and a half, three inches? No, I think it's six. Just no for a. Oh well, I could do zero. What? Just do the little yeah, quarter-inch brass pipe. And uh, <laughs> yeah, like 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 under a sink. Yeah, or just something. the the worst. Like, yeah. Rent rent like a mobile crane service to come in and like hang the wrench off. And just launch it, uh, yeah, under the sink to tighten some stuff. Put it, putting a new faucet yeah, in. No big deal, guys. It even has like the eye hook on the <laughs> bo- uh, like the back, for like the chain to hold it. Like it's just, 
such a massive wrench. <laughs> so you can so you can hoist. You have to you have to get a rigging crew to put your wrench onto. Literally, the pipe. it's just it's just yeah. mind blowing. Honestly, so very excited. I do appreciate that once again. I know it was a nightmare. Oh yeah. No, it wasn't that bad. It was just. Uh, it was like the worst day to contact me of all the days that has oh. ever existed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the, <laughs> the, the the short version is when the guy showed up to pick it up, uh, Eric was at the hospital with it. With yes, the, uh, I, rem- I remember injured. the episode when you talked about it. Yeah, it's just nuts. But it's all good now. It's okay. Everything's safe. Never gonna get stolen. Because they weigh 70 billion pounds. Yes, <laughs> that's correct. And uh, before we move on, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to vote my last vote. If you know anybody that's got a condemned house, I would really love to see you like put that under a sink and then just like rip the entire sink <laughs> yeah. out while you're pretending to adjust it. Yeah. That's what I want. Yeah. It's, Let if me you just, can do it. Just got to torque this last bolt on your engine here and just... As it, sm- as it smashes the yeah. engine through the bottom of the car. Would be fantastic. Something like to that. See. Yeah. yeah. I'll try. I'll try. Or it, blo- or, or it blows up or something blows up. Either either of those are, are you know. Yeah, a, fu- you, a you fire do. for no reason is always hilarious. Always. <laughs> Were those deals hot enough for you? You got a sizzling deal that's burning a hole in your pocket? Send it in. Maybe we'll read it on air. All right, it's time for personal history. So, Eric, how did you get into restorations? Like, was before you did it, did you know somebody else that did it, or what was the impetus? The impetus was not having money to buy new tools. So mm-hmm. I bought old tools off of the Internet from old people, and then they didn't work very well. So I made them work better, and uh, now I do YouTube videos about it. This is essentially the story, literally. Have you ever made anything with tools? Have I ever made anything? <laughs> I don't even... What is making, really? No, you well, don't want to use the tools once you've purpose for getting tools. Yeah. Yeah, what... Oh, you can use the tools? They're not just for... Right, right. Just right. for, like, collecting? Yeah. You can use them. Yeah, interesting. Totally. Very interesting. So yes, that's essentially you, how that happened. did you start? Happened. How long ago, Eric? Uh, not very long ago. Uh, we moved into this house maybe eight years ago. And that's when I started. Uh, I was excited because it had, like, a little... One car garage, uh, uninsulated nightmare uh, zone of a no. workshop. No kids yet at that eight years ago. No children. No. First house. Yes. This is the exact same situation when I started doing this stuff. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I finally <laughs> no, got man, the you... space. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. So once you get the space. Then you just see what happens, essentially. So I needed to fill the space, and I, I wanted to do woodworking at the time, and then I mostly bought woodworking tools that I needed uh, just to start off, and then I started making and selling uh, tables and Adirondack chairs uh, aggressively, and then I started 
Oh, and then I bought a sawmill. No, then I started chainsaw milling, and then I bought a sawmill, like a bandsaw mill, and sold uh, like live edge slabs for a while. And now I don't really do that. I sold the sawmill and all that because uh, children exist, and I can't have the sawmill in the backyard for danger reasons. Uh, so it just kind of grew out of that and out of the woodworking tool finding you know you just come across uh, lots of old hand planes and that just like instantly got me addicted for some reason and I still love hand planes and collecting hand planes uh, and I'll still buy and find some if I really you know I'm missing something from the collection uh, that's the tool specifically that like started it all <clears throat> there's something magical good... about hand planes you're, you're not wrong there yeah i don't know what what it was uh and then i just essentially started restoring tools also as like a side side hustle and flipping those just to make money and no i think hand planes you were into woodworking or wanted to get into woodworking and hand planes i think is the only tool woodworkers restore woodworkers <laughs> and there's there's still this myth going around that they're useful they're useful yes <laughs> yes <laughs> no i still well, love if, if you've I got extra love. restoration time you know you can use a hand plane for that yes yeah. exactly exactly <laughs> have you ever planed an entire log though no mm. why into a toothpick <laughs> i know a guy have you i know a guy that did that yeah so that's a weird guy Yes. Probably shouldn't talk to that guy. <laughs> Probably not. Definitely don't yes. have him on a podcast. It, so, it was PJ. So I do love. <laughs> I do love using the hand plates. But essentially once the uh once the restorations got like more complicated, I started taking pictures. And then even more complicated, I just started filming it cuz I can't remember where stuff goes. And then if I was filming it, I might as well just put it on YouTube and then the rest is history, I guess. It just decided to be popular one day, and th and that was it. it it's could... crazy how it became how it not only became popular but popular enough that now people are like ripping off other restoration ideas. It became so popular that just like faking restoration became popular. Yes, which is crazy. It's yeah. gone well beyond anything <laughs> I've ever possibly imagined i didn't really think it would go anywhere especially at the time if i told you well even now if i told you hey i'm gonna upload 45 minute videos where you never see my face <laughs> nobody talks <laughs> nobody talks at all and it's just my hands doing work and it's going to be successful. YouTube would youtube and everyone i would have talked to would be like you're the worst stupidest man you're a garbage man. Jim, don't don't this put basically your Jimmy Duress's business model for a while. So, do you remember when I met you in Atlanta? Yes. I hope you don't. Yeah. Why, <laughs> how could I? Forget? No. So I met you. I met you in the lobby. Uh, was it the Marriott? I met you in the lobby. Yes. And you were with ZH Fabrications, who I don't think I knew at the moment. Okay. And I didn't know who you were because I never saw your face. Yes. 
<laughs> and, and it finally came up in conversation, and I went, oh, I give you a dollar a month. Yes, you said you support <laughs> me on Patreon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I remember. I felt, I felt like we had a special connection because of it, but I also felt kind of like a cheap <laughs> And uh, I don't know how you felt about it. I figured I'd ask you now. No, that's amazing. Like, any support is like... It's, it's forever mind-blowing that people will actually like support me furthering my insane endeavors uh it's nice it feels nice right with no with technically no like reward other than content it's just it's pure i want to say charity but not with any negative connotation there yes i get purely like i I, just want to help there's there's a reward i mean i help i help people um you know, a number of people through Patreon. And yeah. and I just want to see, I get something from seeing them do their thing. Yes. And, it, and you know, and it's it makes like, me, you know. Yeah, exactly. I, I would rather pay someone through Patreon and then watch their YouTube video than go pay to watch a movie. Totally. Right. Most, 100%. Like you know, PBS. So. Yeah. yeah. It's like, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And it's, and it's. For sure. I don't know if it's like a unique I don't know how unique it is in terms of like a community aspect to have so much like support and donation. You know, I I always wonder if it's just like a, it's more prolific with people who make stuff because they all kind of know how much more important it is to be like supported. Uh, like I don't know mm-hmm. if you know the the makeup YouTube sphere is uh, you know all on Patreon supporting the biggest makeup channels. Like I literally have no idea uh, mm. if it's all kind probably. of the same. I mean, because it's probably they probably get the same. Yeah, sort it might of all be the same because it's like this person is doing what I would like to do or yeah. what I appreciate. Yeah, I just always think of the fact that. I feel like my audience is, well, we kind of know from YouTube analytics, but is older and can afford that kind of stuff. Whereas if my audience was 12 to 19 years old, Mm -hmm. I feel like the Patreon support would be, you know, like much less. (laughs) Yeah, much, much less. Right, so it's almost like right, a specific but merch is, audience. Merch is thing. through the roof. Yes, but I probably channels. merch would be through the roof, maybe. Right, so yeah, I don't really know. It's and just then, always interesting. Then to think we'd have it. a we'd have a Hansel Rescue plushie line. I mean, that would be perfect. Oh yeah, well that's coming, obviously. <laughs> oh man, that's actually brilliant. Full size. Do tools, plush tools. Full size, anatomically correct. Working, working plush tools. Yes, they <laughs> anatomically correct. <laughs> so we get the male totally... and female tools, both of them. Yeah. I totally would love to do more uh, merch stuff too. Like I have just such a basic T-shirt thing that it'd be it'd be cool to have more unique stuff like that. Yeah, I'd buy a right. plush plane just to support you. Yeah, like that, right? Like it'd be so cool to have that kind of stuff. <laughs> That's yeah, a great name awesome. for a company: plush plane, Pl- plush plane, plush plane, yeah. plush plane. Yeah. So getting back to the to the restoration, Derek. Now, yes. If you look at your videos now, the the level of detail is like Smithsonian. You know, like you're you're so like down to the micron. Did 
would you say that that evolved to that point or was there a conscious decision or what were the earlier restorations like in comparison? Uh, yeah, so I used to do, they rarely do them anymore, but I used to do, I had like a different label where I label something a rescue versus like a restoration and I would mm -hmm. define them separately. And the rescue just being, you know, it was like in the garbage, so I, I power washed it and now it's good. You know, like that mm -hmm. level, not in massive amounts of detail. Whereas restoration is I try at least my specific way of doing things, at least, uh, is to get back to factory original uh, and not any further or not any less. But I, even I break away from that and, like, uh, we'll add brass fasteners and other very fancy well, jazz to you're, it. You're not... But it's more than functional. You're not a hardcore gatekeeper. No, I don't care either. Yeah. Uh, because it's incredibly subjective uh, what, you know, even... Like, I've... I have a... Uh, I have a friend here that works at the museum, and... When I ask him about restoration, which he does at like a professional level, um, it's it's so subjective that it, it I was very surprised at how much leniency they kind of give to the restoration person, uh, the conservator, uh, in the sense that he said usually we do either restored to last use like what it looked like the last time it was functional okay so it's more of like a functional restoration and then there was like what it looked like when you could buy it at the store when it was released and those were the two main categories that they stuck with at the museum but it's by no means like any specific rule for anybody so you can really do whatever you want obviously there's no restoration police but uh, I like mm -hmm. to stick to factory original if I can, just because I have an, my own personal interest in seeing this come back to life in a more accurate way. Because I like, right. I like the feeling of being like, oh, this is exactly what you would have what that you would have seen in the catalog and thought when I have money, I'm yeah, gonna buy one of those. You know, yeah. I don't. I don't like over polishing or over whatever personally when I'm doing like the YouTube restoration stuff, but it was, but if it was for like me in my garage with nobody knowing, I don't even care. I'd do whatever I want. Like it really doesn't matter. There's no right or wrong in, in any way. I just like to keep it as original as possible on YouTube because I eventually now look at my videos more like a, like a video patent, I'm, I spend more time, and most people may or may not notice, but I spend more time very specifically showing every single part of the tool than I do making new parts mm -hmm. or putting it uh, back together. Like I just want to show all of the parts and how it works more than pretty much anything else. 
uh, almost like just a, a, a document exactly. that you could go back that anyone anyone could go back because to I, and build or restore one, the same item. One hundred percent. Because I made these videos originally for me and for people like me. When I like right now, I'm taking apart a tool where the only videos on YouTube are like fifteen second, one forty four p garbage videos where I can't see what is going on. There's like no sound. Like it's of no help to me whatsoever. So I always think of like, oh man, if there was this type of video, just so I could restore it. Mm -hmm. And then I end up making that video, which is literally the worst, the worst advice you could ever give anybody who wanted to be successful on YouTube. It's like, make your videos for an audience of one. Make it the oh, least no, I, appealing. I, I disagree. No, make I it disagree. the least appealing video that, humanly yeah. possible, and you win. No, I think most people who are successful at at niche things do it for themselves, and they wouldn't care if they have an audience <laughs> yeah, guess, or they yeah. or, or anybody watched. And and it's that energy of just doing it because you get something you out of it or love it, it. Yeah. that comes through in the video yes. and that makes it. I mean, if you didn't. You wouldn't, I mean, the level of detail that you put into a video, I mean, no one would do it if they didn't get something, if they weren't doing it for themselves. Right. Okay. I Fair mean, if enough. that was your job and someone just paid you to, to do that. Fair enough. I get it. You know, no, I think I, that's true I, of a lot of video true. people. They would be like, no, man, if, if this was my job, if you paid me to make Eric's videos, I wouldn't do it. <laughs> do it. Yeah. You know, or, you know, and vice versa. <laughs> yeah. If someone paid you to make you know someone it's else's videos who, it's their thing you'd be like no you couldn't pay me enough to do that no that's just how it is and yeah. there are tons of restoration videos now that do a way more detailed job than i do or a way less detailed job than i do there's like a full spectrum of of stuff out there now for for anybody to enjoy at any level and it's just crazy how it's just taken its own life and it can now live on without me if I if I die in a horrific tool based accident. Which is it might happen with one of those pipe wrenches. Yeah, which is let's get serious. Inevitable. Fairly inevitable. There's no escaping that. So I'll uh I am happy that it's such a like a big community now uh but it also comes with just the inevitable cancer of like oh if there's money to be made then somebody will exploit this in some way and you get all like the mm -hmm. the fake restorations it's, that just hurt my yeah, brain it's, it's ridiculous yeah. but it's, there's no escape i do I follow a lot of um, space news stuff, but it's become popular enough now that like just putting SpaceX, the word SpaceX, right. or Elon Musk's face on yes. something, or a rocket. Yes. Um, and so it's like now my feed has got a thousand thumbnails yeah. of things that I could care less about that aren't even yes. real, or they're just trying to get mm -hmm. me to watch a video about dogs or whatever. Yeah. Um, and it's yes, annoying. it is. You know, it just becomes clutter. Yeah, and I don't really know what the solution is, and I don't really. 
know if it's a YouTube algorithm thing or it's just human nature. But at the end of the yeah, people making money off of someone else's ideas is like a tale as old as time. Uh, it's not, mm-hmm. you know, it's not magically new or anything. It's just... I can't, I can't take <laughs> says the says the guy that makes wrenches. Off yeah, says I literally, <laughs> I literally make <laughs> wrenches that like the patent expired, <laughs> and the guy's gonna be like, "How dare you?" If he was alive a hundred years ago, like, "How dare you?" Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, like it's just the way it's just There's the way it is. To that, I mean, I bought a wrench. I bought a wrench from a guy who made a wrench from that guy's yeah, patent. Yeah, that's weird. A wrench that I wouldn't, yeah. you know, wouldn't have ever bought. Yeah, otherwise. like how? What? What a weird yeah. scenario. What a weird. It's world. just more the the fake restorations that I'm talking about. I can't. I can't handle it. I can't handle seeing the thumbnail of something that's clearly been in an ammonia bath for like seven days uh i can't handle the or photo yeah the, I, I mean i've seen some that it's like you didn't even take no, the time it's just to like ri- make real it's rust ridiculous on it. <laughs> so, and, and some yeah. like literally look like cheetos when you see them <laughs> and you see them being right. fondled on like a white work table which some psychopath has because they like white um it, it's very odd there even there's even this like weird channel that pretends to find like random things to restore in swamps and like garbage piles and it starts it starts with them just like walking in a forest and all of a sudden there's like a an old game boy advanced in a tree that like has like <laughs> like fingerprints like of of mud smeared across the screen, <clears throat> and that was like supposed to be the dirt that made it all old, and then they bring it back to their you know work table and then swap it for a newer Game Boy at some point in the in the video, and then it's like ten point million views. You know, it's just. Uh, that kind of stuff is awesome. that's the saddening stuff. Right. Here's a here's a genre that someone has has worked their butt off to build <laughs> and I'm just going to jump yeah, in that's just, and out that's thumbnail how it them is. and out uh, there's yeah. there's no escape. That's why, you know, you can I'll I'll change with the times as much as as humanly possible, but uh you know, I still at the end of the day I'm doing these videos cuz I I like I like doing them. Right. I get enjoyment, and I like that other people like to do it, so I'm not going to start faking restorations for, like, more <laughs> views. Maybe on April Fool's or something ridiculous. I, ju- I, I, just, I, just, Googled, I just Googled it, because I, I really haven't seen, like, fake restoration videos, and I'm, not that I'm denying it, but this guy, and I'm not, I can't, I don't want to say his denier. name, but... Handy, handyman restoration, and if you look at his thumbnails, everything has the same yeah, patina yeah, it's on it. Just, it's, Every single item has the same exact imagine, looking. Like, how do you even? What? Do like, they? They go home. They go home at night. <laughs> at night. Okay. They go into the washer. Let me set this scenario. They finish brushing their teeth. 
they look up into the mirror and make eye contact with themselves and a single tear rolls down their cheek because of the life that they live. No, this is even... This is more nefarious than this. I... This guy's got 1.83 million... Oh, oh, no. I'm sorry. Never mind. This makes sense. 1.8 thousand subscribers. I thought it said million. So, Eric, I, I have a suggestion so for funny. your April Fool's uh, restoration. I think you should go out and buy something brand new, and it could be anything, but then take it and like make a slurry of mud, yeah. coat yeah. it in the mud... Then get something rusty and just like shave the rust off of it into chunks and then get wet toilet paper and just like put everything you yeah. could possibly put on yeah. it. And they're like, I'm going to restore this vintage 2023 tack hammer and then just like dunk it in the water and be like, ah, all done. Yeah, you know, like just... literally that's that's <laughs> what that's these it. are. It's so ridiculous. Yeah. Like yeah. I... I love I love that people no, were then, then this guy that Tom's looking at would file a YouTube strike yeah, against probably. you because that's his that's yeah. how he does it. <laughs> right like what am I supposed to do oh how, my God. Well, I'm sitting there and I would maybe I'm one of the fewer people that would know that if there's like a quarter inch of corrosion and then after the rust removal there's no pitting I am going to be very skeptical like highly doubt yeah. Massively dead. Where did that rust come Massively from? Massively doubting me. What what yeah. made what made that rust? Something else died on that. Yeah, I, I can't. And I I'm, awesome. I am always thinking about April Fool's stuff or just dumb. I love the dumb videos I do, even though the whole everyone on the channel hates when I do it. Um, you you're the one that you're the one that created Finite Fridays on a yeah, bus back yeah, to the hotel yeah, that day. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I want to do a restoration where I, I bring things back all the way to their elemental forms. As the and then oh, you should like, for for like you could do a, a metallic a spoof powder. Yeah, like literally Halloween they all where you take like take a like a frog that's been squashed on the side of the road and restore it to a fully yeah, functional yeah, yeah. frog. No. Frankenstein style. No, you're going to melt you're going to melt everything yes. down into I'm angles. going to powderize everything. Yes. I want to extract yes. the iron. Yes. I want to and then I thought like the the final thing can I the somehow paint? like fuse can I like reverse big bang them back into one solid <laughs> solid like existential mass? And then I'm done. Yeah. I've done it. I fully restored <laughs> yeah. something to the beginning, to its most original form. That's All the way really to its original it. form. I win. You could just you could just do a, 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 a fake, fake explosion like, thing, and then zoom out great. zoom out of the Earth shot. You know the classic zoom out of, yeah. into the universe yeah. shot. You should you should do the opposite right. instead of like doing like a gigantic explosion. Do like one of those little magician puffs yeah. of smoke, the smallest possible, and then and then make very obviously just switch it yeah, with something yeah. else. That's what I want to do. So I just want to, you know, whatever elements I can extract in some way. Back to the original element. That's my. There that's the truest restoration, if there ever was one. Have you ever watched any of these like primitive, you know, like? smelting oh, yeah. iron yeah. in those. africa like the original like the reverse yeah. of that i mean i've watched like hour-long documentaries of them actually you know smelting 
digging the digging the ore yeah, out of beds. like yeah. clay and then making and like smashing yeah. the bloom and stuff. It's cool. Um, so like do the yeah. reverse of that. You know, you've got it, and you and you go and you poke it into yeah, this I back sprinkle it back the in the river. And, yeah, <laughs> I, but I put it back yeah. on the continents it originally came from. Before, but when it was Pangea, right. I put it back. I bury it with yeah. the dinosaurs. You can go so far. You have to ste- steamer I it across the ocean. I throw it back into the stars before awful. they died. You know, it's a whole it's a whole thing. So that's a video I am going to do at some point uh, if I can figure out an it easier sounds, way sounds to do fun. it. Because that's that's I finally win the restoration <laughs> game. You can't defeat me. You just, you just have to be recording that like forever. I mean, like if you're on vacation, if you travel somewhere, then you have to like record a piece yeah, of that sprinkled. video, you know, and save it for when, you know, when I was in Africa. Yeah, exactly. So I'll get to that. I think that's that's the, the most the most uh, restoration history we're going to get out of Eric. <laughs> Why don't we move on to Tom? Tom, do you have anything you want to add? Nah, hard pass. We did this topic. Hard pass. All right, Tanda. Yeah, I think I'll do, I think I'll do the same. All right. Well, I'll just say that uh, I've been restoring a Walker Turner wood lathe for like the last several months, and it's it's nearly complete. Like I just have to put a few more pieces on it and take pictures. But um, it's uh, it's I think like Eric has shown it many times. When you think you have everything figured out, and then there's that one thing that you've forgotten. Like the fact that this thing has like a transmission, like all mechanical transmission with pulleys, and I had zero pictures yeah. of it. So when I took the entire thing apart and then I had to put it back together, I have like a whole tray of parts <clears throat> that don't apparently go yes. anywhere. And I'm like, I, like it's together right now, now, and it turns on and it works. And I'm like, where did all these parts come from? Yeah, that would be horrifying. horrifying. I have no idea. It's. I mean, it's mostly like screws and washers, but I think that the reason that they don't go anywhere is because whoever had it before me had jury-rigged right. part of it. I think that, like, if I if I remember correctly, um, there's two different sets of hinges, and I think the motor was actually screwed down so that the hinge wasn't right. even functional. And I made it so that it's compliant. Um, but anyway, that's that's a restoration like from the ground up. It's uh this model was made from 41 to 47 and um with any if I'd have it'd be done today if it wasn't raining for the last 3 days but hopefully by Thursday I'll have pictures up and people can see yeah. it. So send that's, away. That's uh I'd love to see. That's that. Oh, and and, and unlike Eric, uh, I go past the yeah, factory cool. only into into the yeah, the the better yeah, yeah, than yeah. new. That's what I like to call it. Better he, than new. So he likes to make it so that someone like me gets it and needs to restore it. <laughs> That's my whole goal. Yeah, is to just to tick someone off so bad they're like, "Who would paint this bright oh, blue and gold?" You. Oh my god! I I miss yes. I miss doing some of that you. stuff. Honestly, people people buy it people buy it from PJ just to have it so they can restore it. That's the that's the yeah. that's where the money is. I have I have a, a friend of mine uh, that's he's from Staten Island or Long Island I don't know he's got like a house in like six different states but he has a house up here and he bought a little it was a red silver and gold uh, craftsman vice it was just a little like a like a four inch vice nothing special but he gets it because he needed a vice and then he sees it and he's like 
man, I can't use this thing. It's too beautiful. I don't know what I, I I'm going to put it in my bedroom. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then he's like, he's like, can you sell me one that looks like garbage? I'm like, no. <laughs> no, you want a garbage <laughs> vice? Go get it from yeah. somebody else. That's what I sell, all right? So he never used it. It's it's literally like on his nightstand or something. So yeah, if I ever have like a full-on vice on my nightstand, I'm going to be... Uh... I feel like I'll be in some sort of so, some sort Single. of like mental. <laughs> I have um, one. I've got five vices in this right room now. right now. Just chilling. So, right, yeah. Just, just. For I, I've got. I think pretty much every vice I own right here in the just room. Just ready me. to vice stuff. You're in your workshop, Tanda. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. I'm in my bedroom. Well. My workshop is my bedroom. I live, I live in my workshop. Yeah, so. that's where I live. Well, sucky darn, I think it's time for one of them old-timey commercial energy lubes and stuff. Hi, this is Joe, the cart retriever down at Johnson's Hardware. Are you tired of lead-based paint covering those old tools that you're dying to restore? Well, we have the perfect product for you. Johnson's Lead Be Dead. Apply to lead-based paint and watch the perchloric acid do its work. Once it's hissing, the lead goes missing. It can be found behind our service desk next to our tobacco products. Johnson's Lead Be Dead is $207.20. Do not spray near humans. May contain lead. Produced in a factory that also processes peanuts. For more information, visit patreon.com forward slash makerscales. What the heck, Nabbit? I need to get me one of them. Anyone know what street Patreon is on? I need to go. All right, it's time for crossbreeding. Eric, what skill goes well oh with restoration? If you want to restore more complex things, you got you better know everything about everything. You need you need to give us least, one, one, is, one is skill, Eric. Just a skill. You can't say whatever. Everything. Whatever one skill combines machining and woodworking no. and painting <laughs> and. Br- Brass instrument repair skills. All of those are answered, and by the asbestos way. abatement and the lead paint removal services, sandblasting, and just general mental torture. Then that is the one. I I think if we <laughs> I think if we write those down, we've got the next ten episodes. Sidebar: Tom, Tanda. Yeah, I'm here. Um, yeah. Yep. I, I think that all of the lead-based paint has affected Eric's brain. I told him to give me one answer. He listed <laughs> like 87 answers. No, there were, only, there were only 85. I was writing them down. Oh, because I'm going to use my, them in, my in, bad. In subsequent oh. shows. Son of a. <laughs> all right. Well, I, I think he's still listing things off. Uh, we better go back and stop him before he runs out of breath. All right. All right. Looks like he's taking a breath. Eric. Eric, you you got to pick one one thing. This is this is it's not like we're not writing a dictionary here, man. Give us one answer. Machining. Machining. Okay. Ooh, that's machining. a that's a Very good skill for restoration. Good answer. Wasn't yeah. Good answer. List. Yeah. That means not that yet, neither yet. of you two can pick machining, okay? Just so we're clear. Okay. Tom. Fair enough. Tom, what skill machining. goes well? You can't you can't say machining, Tom. I just well, you need that. like every skill. He said like, machining. I, can I say every skill? You can't say every skill, Tom. You gotta pick <laughs> one. I just went through this with Eric. 
pick a skill that goes well with restoration. Oh, I wasn't, I wasn't, well, I don't know. I would say like painting or asbestos removal or uh, lead, lead paint removal or, um, you know, screwdrivering. Is screwdrivering a skill? Sidebar, Tanda, Eric, Definitely. I don't think that Tom is listening to what I'm saying. I told him to pick one thing, and he just keeps listing random things off. Some of them aren't even skills. What do I? What, what can I do to get him back on track here? Let me try. I don't know if the, I don't know if that's possible. We're talking about Tom here. Have yeah. You tried yeah. physically and verbally abusing him. That's the every show. We, what are you talking about? Do that every week. Yeah. That's that's every Tuesday. Eric, that's a, that doesn't help. It, it seems to just make it worse, honestly. Um, I, I th- you could I just know. let him go on and then just uh, just pick one out in the edit. I, I've, I've got it. I've got it. Okay, I know what I'm going to do. I, oh, 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 look, look, look. He's, he's, he's taking another breath. Tom? Tom? Yeah, milling and bandsawing and, yep. Sorry. Was that enough? Uh, no. Hmm. Uh, lathing, lathing's a good one. Lathing, yes. Uh, heat gunning, heat gunning is probably top five. I like that one, heat gunning. Uh, yeah, lamping and and spray painting and radioing and motoring. Larping. I'm just kind of naming things around the shop now. Pete's just gonna just gonna let me go on forever, isn't he? (laughs) Lamping, lamping used to be a skill. Oh, you heard that one. Yeah, Dang it. Lamping. lamping's not a skill. That's not a skill. You're picking up lamps. You just is don't an know activity. how to do it. Caning. You just don't know how to do caning. it. Caning. You got to know caning. Can- yeah, caning. Yeah. Ooh, ooh. What's the What's the thing you do? Japaning. 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 I'm going with japaning. Yeah. Mm, is that a skill, Final Eric? Is, is japaning a skill? Um. I mean, there's YouTube yes, videos the, on it. Yes. The so more. It must be a skill. You know how I know it's a skill? The more. I do Japaning the less I know. Mm. Mm. The less that's I know. So the, skill. the Japaning makes you dumber. That's that's a yeah. I don't know, it's a conundrum. Yes, that's it's a, the uh, turpentine fumes. I love that smell. I it is, smell. it is very nice. Yeah. Um, so Tom doesn't have an answer. Tanda, do you have uh, an answer for crossbreeding? <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, there's asbestos abatement and lead-based paint removal and and uh, and patent uh, how about researching i'm going to say researching researching Ooh. is a skill for sure yes that's yeah. reading yeah reading that, that is reading tom yeah that's the combination you have to be able to read in order to research it's how these things go yes <clears throat> yeah well yeah pj with youtube yeah Do you have a skill <clears throat> um I'm going to go with electrolysizing. Yeah. Oh, electrolysizing. Uh, I yeah. don't think that's a skill. That's an activity. <laughs> electrolysizing. It's, it's where activity. you do electrolysis while exercising. Yes. <laughs> and let me tell you something. Eight-minute electrolysis. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a skill. If you do it wrong, you could pull a hamstring. You don't even know. Yeah. Is that where you hook or a generator up to die. the... Uh, up to the treadmill. That's where if you mm-hmm. slow down, the electrolysis. if you slow down, someone lights a lighter above the electrolysis. I, yeah, and makes bl- a crackling sound. Yeah. And blows the hydrogen out from under your body. That's a, that's, that's a problem. Like that's a problem with uh, using uh, like a plasma cutter on aluminum. Really? If you have a water bed under it, 
and then you like produce hydrogen Interesting. and then the bubbles like you leave the piece of material like still laying on right. the plasma cutter right and the hydrogen bubbles collect under it uh, until you the next time you strike an arc on the plasma table that's amazing. Interesting. Yeah. How is Jimmy still alive? <laughs> <laughs> he's not. He's been replaced by a clone like that, five that's because times. He definitely Jimmy, Jimmy doesn't cuts, know about the hydrogen. He cuts uh, well, that steel. one piece into a thousand different things. Yeah, and so that's true. The, the, what's left on the table is only a quarter of an inch wide. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I haven't seen Jimmy cut that much aluminum on. He's never cut aluminum. Uh, Everything uh, is steel. Plasma. It's yeah. all old saw blades. He's never cut aluminum yeah. before. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's, it's got to be rusty. That's what the, that's what the CNC is for. It's, that's for aluminum. Exactly. That's exactly what it says. Yeah, you're right. And now it's time for Give Me Your Best Guest. Yeah. All right, Eric. Um, we know that your number one skill is restoration, but this is your top five. So what is your number two skill set uh so i i guess i'm not allowed to list all of the skills involved with restoration itself uh which are you could <clears throat> which not yeah, all of which them have just have been four listed left. Um, yeah, yeah. but other things i do non non restoration stuff i think i am just from schooling for forty thousand years uh, my ability to do research is probably some level of skill uh, that may be better than mm -hmm. average, potentially. Mm -hmm. yeah. don't really know. But at least for very specific things, yes. Um, and So is that specifically from school? Or is that no, that's from after school. Like I, you know, had to search and read 40 billion journal articles you know a month that you just become uh, proficient at disseminating information finding information and uh like critically analyzing information and not just reading it but like truly truly asking questions mm -hmm. about why it's garbage or not garbage information yes i do do you have your phd <laughs> oh that uh, yes so that's that would be why yeah uh, that's where i would spend you know a lot of my time reading stuff and understanding stuff <clears throat> you you did real research. no no, no like yeah not what we real, do on the show real uh researchy stuff uh well and also <laughs> still just yeah. researching or, or a new topic is can be a skill in itself you need to properly like most people don't even know how to properly use google in a way to like benefit themselves uh quicker in finding something isn't isn't that amazing mm -hmm. how someone will ask you a question and you'll be just like, yeah like do you do you well, want to look it up for you and and they're standing there over your shoulder yeah. and they're like how did you find that i and just like because I yeah. know how to do a binary search tree. I mean, I mean, I like I know how to divide this problem in Google one. Yes, it's a it's it is like a problem solving look at next kind of skill <laughs> yeah. that you just develop with you know practice, I guess. And I think yeah, I think a lot of people in our community take that for granted and don't realize that not yes. everybody 
yes. kind of has that. There's, there's just ability. no idea. Hmm. It's the ability yeah. to find the information you want as fast as possible, which is surprisingly still difficult in some ways, even with all the help we have. Um, it can be complicated, and especially related to, to like old tools it becomes... and stuff like that. If it hasn't been digitized you're not going to find it online. Like you need to go deeper into the physical book minds. Right. Yeah. You need to go Which hard like copy. Nobody, you know, nobody even bothers yeah. with really, but they should be. <clears throat> well, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you just real quick, real recent. I have a painting that I need to sell and it has a name on it and a date, but I've researched it online and there's another artist with the same last name but different initials and the painting style is completely different and i've like looked on multiple websites cannot find right. anything that looks like this painting so then i'm like i have a client that's an art benefactor and i'm like hey uh, i sent him the picture i'm like i can't find anything on this artist or this painting what should i do and he's like, oh, here, reach out to this place. And he gave me the name of, like, an okay. art gallery or, or something like that. He's like, ask them. They'll probably know. Yeah. So, like, that's my next move. I haven't called them yet. But um, right. but anyway, let's move on to skill number three. What What is your third skill uh, in the toolbox, Eric? I would also say that I am moderately to slightly more than average good at gardening. <laughs> and at least... At least growing Tell us vegetables. I breed my own tomatoes uh, frequently. GMOs? No. Although that would be cool. You have, you have... <laughs> That'd be sweet. Like some hybrid psycho. We talked about that recently. Yeah, like just some half, yeah. half tomato, half lawn chair uh, is right. what I'm into. But uh, no, oh, just crossing, you know, your heirloom varieties and seeing what happens it's a lot of like a warm tomato that's been out in the sun is wonderful so i can only imagine what one that was warmed by you sitting in it like a long yeah exactly like, like that it's perfect <laughs> yeah. perfect human temperature how do you do that eric how do you create your own tomato uh like any other plant cross you gotta you gotta bump uglies of the plants so you just rub and, the and flowers which together which is genetically modifying it which is, in a way, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> more, it's right. just a really slow, old-fashioned. Yes, very slow. Yeah. Uh, I would love to do it faster, but obviously I don't have the full genetic capabilities uh, in terms of tooling. Are you, a, are you a big, like, keeper of heirloom seeds and, yes. and that sort of thing? I mean, that's kind of part of your work, right? Yes, I have a... Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know if it would be big by, like, seed collector standards, but... I have like 200 varieties of fruits and vegetables that I keep uh, seeds of in my house. Hmm. And uh, I'm just always kind of on the search for more stuff that kind of piques my interest. Because there's, you know, thousands of varieties of everything. Uh, right. And you're, you'll never really come across all of them. And you start discussing what is a variety and what isn't. Uh, but yeah, it's just endless possibilities. It's super cool. Like you cross, you cross a tomato and every single one 
of its offspring is completely different. Usually mostly garbage. But uh, sometimes sometimes exciting. Sometimes <clears throat> interesting. I got a tomato question because this sure. just happened this summer. So a uh, friend away. of the family uh, gave me these sun sugar tomatoes. They're orange. Have right. you ever had those? Yeah, sun sugar is so, good. They're they're more sweet and less acidic. And yes. uh, d- what do you know about that? Uh, sun sugars. Tell me, tell me things. Or yeah, just the there's an entire uh, variety that has been not really a variety, but there's an entire kind of strain or strains that use the sun term. Like there's sun sugar, there's sun gold, there's sun peach, uh, and they all come from like an initial. Uh, common ancestor but the the sun gold is like the king right now of like sweetness and disease resistance because it's a hybrid and vigor and everything like that and the sun sugar is very very close to that it's probably like a sun gold with a little darker orange but very sweet very delicious like pretty much just only good for straight eating if you made a sauce, it'd be like a super sweet sauce, but uh, it is a good it is a good variety, very delicious. So it's interesting that you mentioned the gold because the other one that I got was the Carolina Gold, which oh. is a much bigger right. orange tomato right. that has a similar flavor. Yes. So, all right. Well, that's, I just thought I knew you were very a tomato guy. So those are I want to get those and grow them myself next year because this which was uh, like I said, the, friend uh, of the family. Both sun, the both sun them. gold or the ones you just no, mentioned the the carolina gold and the sun sugar i know there's yeah, two there nurseries are, here that that will sell those i'm on a constant so. uh, i'm on a constant search nonstop for like the best tasting tomato in like each you know size category i guess okay. i will report back findings when uh, when it's been done but yeah, there are tons out there. Whatever you want, go nuts for every location. It's too delicious. All right, let's move on to <clears throat> skill number four. Skill number four. I also I also feel like I can cook. Cook. Uh, mm-hmm. Like tomatoes. Like a like a human that cooks food. Uh, I always loved cooking food. I would have probably went to culinary school if. Uh, the plant avenue failed. I love food too much. I thought you were going to say if Andrew hadn't taken your yeah, spot. Yeah, if Andrew hasn't taken my spot. No, mm-hmm. I just uh, like obsessed with discussing food in a nonstop way. Uh, and I love cooking food. When I have the time, it's fairly relaxing. But when you have children, it gets much less relaxing. Mm. And uh, yeah, yeah, becomes not as enjoyable. <laughs> but yeah, I've always loved. I've always loved cooking. Even as a kid, I would always be in the kitchen, and like my brother would be outside, like dicking around. Is there anything specific that you like to cook, or is it just everything in general? Uh, I'll I'll cook anything. Honestly. Like, my grandparents are Italian, so there's a massive, like, Italian influence. And also, part of the reason why eh, probably I grow so many tomatoes, but my family still grows an insane amount of tomatoes for making sauce every year. 
you know, like we need 10 bushels or something to make, you know, 500 liters of sauce a year. I'm totally, I'm not even exaggerating. That's like, that's like the Is amount. this all for the family or is that yes. to sell? Yes, this is, no, this is just for, uh, you know, like my... F- consumption yeah, throughout the year. Yeah, just family consumption. It's just disgusting. How many people? Uh, like all oh. of the people involved. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> like how many people consume this sauce? I'm gonna say round off, like including children or not including children. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With with children, well, they count as half. Yeah, maybe, with children, like 15 people, maybe max. 15. Yeah, like that's it. There's 500 liters. So you're you're, for... you're each consuming. <laughs> yeah, you're each consuming like. Five gallons of sauce a year. Yeah, yeah. that's not well, five gallons oh, is not that yeah, much. Yeah, no, Tom. you're right. That's totally this, normal. This is way more than five gallons a person. If you start canning stuff, I, though, I mean, I, we had like shelves and shelves of canned yeah. stuff, you know, because my my grandmother and my mother canned, and I mean, if you have it and it's not something you have to like go to the store and get, you just have it whenever you want yes you can go through a lot yes exactly and and it's good it's so so good it's like so freaking delicious and tastes like absolutely nothing that you can buy at the store in any possible way and it just stays it's there forever like it's not going to ever go bad it's just glorious speaking of tomatoes my grandmother used to used to can tomatoes and all of our canned goods were down in this like underground cellar that just was lined with shelves. Root and so cellar. when we were kids, we would play um, like like that was our hideout or that was our like fallout shelter. We would pretend like, you know, something had gone on and we had to run out and go down into the cellar. Right. And, and then we would just stay there all afternoon. We'd just hide, you know, where no one could find us down in there. But we would eat canned goods. And I can remember just like opening like a quart of stewed tomatoes and like three kids just sitting there just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, you know, so you, you'd, you'd have these like weird meals. You'd be down there all afternoon. And what you had for lunch was like three stewed tomatoes and two half peaches, yeah. you know, and, and some, you know, beans or something out of a, out of a jar. Cause you just took a spoon with you when you went into your, into hiding. Into hiding. Um, yeah, uh, exactly. It's uh it's just been something we always did, and I want to kind of continue doing it as much as I can. Uh, but I am now that, I guess now that I have the education and the skills, like I'd like to find, you know, like the ultimate sauce tomato. Like find me the variety or breed me the variety of ultimate deliciousness. So I'll get there. I think those sweet tomatoes are definitely going to find their way into my sauce because I've been I've been trying to find a way to make my sauce sweeter without like adding sugar. Oh in. yeah, and there you go. This, this is this, there's going to be some experimentation. I've I've never had these. I've only had like regular humdrum red tomatoes and like like Roma tomatoes and beefsteak and right. cherry tomatoes like just the regular reds. Yes. I've never had orange until now. Yes. So it's it's in there and and for some reason the discussion of root cellars has been like the last couple weeks there's been a lot of root cellar discussion like with me and other people and uh have you seen those uh prefabricated ones you can buy no 
So it, it looks like uh, a giant ball, okay, like the size of, I don't know, like half a car. And then it's got, a, it, it's like a beaker almost, but it's got a 45 degree angle tube coming up with oh. stairs molded into it. And then you just bury the oh, entire okay, thing right. and, and it's got a door and you just, you know, it's, it's, it's a prefabricated right. root cellar. And I was looking at it, I'm like, that's like pretty good for somebody that like either doesn't have the time to make one or like just wants it ready to go. But then I started looking them up on the internet and there's like all these root cellars that look like hobbit holes. Like they've yeah. all got like stone faces <laughs> and like the earth growing over them. And I'm like, like I want one of those. I don't want a yeah, fabricated cool. one. I want to look like, you know, Gandalf's coming soon. You know, that's what I want. Yeah. Uh, so. That is much fancier than ours. Ours was a, ours was a cistern. So before before they had water, where I grew up, um, <laughs> before water was invented, where you before were water, yeah, before they'd even invented water, they had like hadn't put the H and the O together, but um, no, they they didn't have city water, and they didn't have a well, so they would run irrigation water into a cistern, and just let it settle out, and then pump it over to the other side of a cistern, and they were underground, they were like. Um, cinder block but then they were painted with tar or something to kind of seal them and so they were just big underground water vaults basically for letting letting sediment settle out of water um and they hadn't been used in a long time and so we mucked them out and they had a bunch of sediment and and animals that had fallen in and couldn't get out and Mm, really gross but we we dug those out by hand and built stairs down into them and that became our cellar and then my dad built a building over the top of it. And so there was like a rug on the floor in this little building out behind our house. Um, and so that's what made it so cool as a kid. Because you went in, you took the rug off the trap door and opened up the trap door. And there were stairs that went down into the into the cellar. And otherwise you wouldn't know it was yeah. there. So. Neat. Yeah. 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 All right. Let's move on to your fifth and final skill. Yes, I would say most likely... It is drying wood. And I know that sounds ridiculous. But I feel like... Tell us more about yes. that. That sounds... That's like... Is it, it sounds like stacking like stacking. Incredibly wood. It doesn't exciting. sound like a skill. Would, You're going to have to convince me. You and think then drying wood would just be waiting. So when I, when, I had my, when I had my sawmill, I had to very quickly become very proficient at drying wood properly with no cracks no checking no case hardening no warping twisting blah 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 and um i eventually built a solar kiln to dry the wood which was designed in a way that it allowed the humidity to escape at night but keep it in or sorry, allowed the humidity to escape during the day, but keep it in during the night, allowing uh, a more slower or drying process that prevented mm. even elm from uh, not, you know, warping or whatever, because elm is just a nightmare tree. And by the end of it all, right before I gave it all up, I felt like I was actually like legitimately good at making sure that I could cut a log up and keep it 
keep it straight and flat and nice and not cracked uh, throughout the entire drying hmm. process. Uh, all all naturally. And did you actually, did you monitor it? I mean, did you monitor the humidity and have controls based on what? The yes. So was, not not massive controls. I essentially design? I had like a solar panel that ran uh, the fans in there, so it automatically only ran during the day. And um, right. there, at the initial stages, the first week, I put in a dehumidifier, which automatically had its own settings in terms of. Uh, what humidity to reach what it, and that could keep right. it uh, a little more consistent because if you if you essentially like steam the wood um, during the day it helps kind of normalize that moisture content throughout the wood because if you ever get something like case harding where it's super dry on the outside but still wet inside Mm -hmm. uh, that in their portion will never dry until it's cut uh, or it'll dry incredibly slowly. Mm -hmm. uh, so you never want that. You never want to dry incredibly quickly. You can't just leave it outside um, uncovered and, and in the sun. Like it's, you know, it's not what you're doing here. So, you know. Oh, I got to go. I'll be right back. I, I got to go. That's uh... a... <laughs> He's got to go bring his wood. Yeah, he's got to go right there. Uh, it's outside. Out back. It's covered. It's covered, but it is outside. Yes. You know? uh, and that was only because I was selling these slabs in their entirety and not selling them as, you know, processed lumber. So it had to really be a controlled drying process in order to get, you know, the most amount of money you could possibly get for just a slice of a tree. So it was really neat. It was fun. I miss it. That's cool. And it, now Very it just gets. All right, you convinced me. It's a it's a skill. So it's it, a skill. I don't know I'll what it is in Fahrenheit, but seventy Celsius is what it would get in there during the day, and it still does. It's just ridiculous. Uh, it's like a it's like a hundred something. Hundred and forty. I I could go count. One hundred and fifty eight Fahrenheit. Yeah. One hundred fifty eight. Uh, it had to get hot <laughs> enough to kill insects and blah blah blah. All just sun-powered, massively hot in there. When the kids go in there now, they just die. That's why. But, that's what happened to the other kids. But they dry out that's slowly. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> they become raisin babies. The kids love. Raisins. Ever see the California raisins? Uh, isn't that unreasonable? Those are my children. Oh yeah. <laughs> Was Dan our best guest? I don't know, but it was a guest. All right. It is time for short and sweet. It's the end of the show before we go to the secret segment. Uh, Eric, is there anything that you want to say? Any shout outs? Any news? Anything you want to touch on before we go to the secret segment? I'd like to just make a call out there if anybody on earth that listening right now knows anything about a Barco BR5 rammer, please contact me immediately because I don't know what I'm doing. Thank you very much. I, I, I know a guy oh, in sick. Canada that has yeah. one. I'll right. put you yeah. two together. Well, yeah. Have I, have I, you Googled I have it? Yet, Did you I Google it I was using like Alta Vista. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mm. Yeah, oh, and that's good Jeeves, choice. Uh, Jeeves good choice. didn't know, so I guess if he doesn't know, 
Yeah, Jeeves has Alzheimer's. So it's, oh, I've Googled. That's, that's the problem. All right. All right. Well, that's that'll reach our... You never know. ...our small percentage of a fraction of a percentage of the population. You know, so that's a, it's a possibility. You never know. You never uh, moving on, Tom, do you have anything for short and sweet? Wait. I do, but have you reached out to Fish Sponge on YouTube about it? Fish Sponge? No. Yep. No, I haven't. He's got two of them, and it looks like he's showing them off at an antique show. Is that the guy doing this with them? Like he's launching both of them at the same time? Oh, I haven't seen that yet. I'm, well, I've only watched 23 seconds while oh, we're talking. Well. Anyways, so uh, my thing this week is uh, AJ Huff is doing his next Kickstarter. Uh, it launched three days ago on Wednesday, if you're listening to this oh, on cool. Friday. So not, go not for climbing uh, carabiner. <clears throat> Yes, if you go to Kickstarter and just type in not for climbing, it's the only hit. So it's the not for climbing. <laughs> and it, I got to bring it up real quick because the tagline, I think, is, no, seriously, you'll die. <laughs> like, not for climbing. Just for that alone, go buy one. Yes, really, don't use it for climbing. You will die. <laughs> it's a very sexy titanium milled carabiner for a keychain or non-climbing activity right. and uh i already have a prototype it's very nice i showed it i'm gonna show it more now that i know now that i'm reminded that he's launching it tomorrow it's tuesday if you're listening he already launched it go get it that's all i got interesting he's launching it in the future but not for the and listeners. in the past oh you have to go back to the future to get, I don't know. Please contact Michael J. Fox if you would like to order one of these. Yes. Oh, yes. He'd be interested. All right. Um, good shout out, Tom. Tanda, do you have anything that you want to uh, add for short and sweet? Um, well, of course, uh, go check out anything Hand Tool Rescue. <laughs> it's wherever, YouTube or... Yes. Uh, or Instagram or everywhere else, everywhere. and uh, and if you're not already familiar with the Fitzall podcast, it's uh, it, it comes up every once in a yes. while. An episode will will pop it's up, a thing. and that's also good. And there's a guy on there that knows a lot about restoration stuff that could probably, you know, probably answer your questions. No one's ever seen him on video, no. but you can you can hear him on the Fitzall yeah. podcast. Oh wait, is this old Tony on that show? Yeah. He is supposed to be a guest, oh. actually. On the Fits All podcast? Uh, one day. That'll be cool. He was supposed to, and then his uh, like father-in-law died, and then everything was delayed. Yes. Well, we'll what have you cross got, our fingers. PJ? What do I got? So many things that I can't say. That's that's what I've got. <laughs> I just uh, and I, and I don't I don't want to say them. Um, for some reason, no, my mind has gone completely blank. I, I don't know. Mm. Uh, all I can we should just thank our patrons. Yeah, I think that's what I'm going to do. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. then maybe by the end of it, I'll have something. Uh, I do want to thank our Patreon supporters, our very own Tanda and Creator Nader. Our top Patreon supporters, we haven't had any new patrons in quite some time. Uh, and, oh, I remember what I was going to say. Uh, I did get in contact with the with the Blackthorn, and I got an email back from them today about coming there and setting up as a tool vendor. And like 
uh, I need to reconfirm, but they said that they have a spot for me to be a vendor there and sell tools. Uh, they gave me a price to come up, which was better than I was expecting. Uh, so um, I'm definitely coming up and bringing tools. I just don't know how I'm getting them there because I had a trailer lined up that I was going to borrow from somebody, and they just told me today I can't have it. So <laughs> that's a, I think I got to rent one. That's that's a. Yeah. I, cool. Have you looked into rentals? They're they're you have they're always round trip, so you can't drop them off somewhere else. But they're super cheap. I like did twenty I, bucks a day. I I looked at U-Haul. Uh, I didn't look at anybody else, mm -hmm. and I was trying to figure out like there's there's a there's a conundrum of should I get an open trailer or a closed trailer because of weather, mm -hmm. you know, like rain and stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, the closed trailer would be a preference, but almost all the closed trailers, I think, are not tall enough or would just barely accept a floor model drill press or a bandsaw. Like, I think yeah. they're just too short, which means if I wanted to bring them, I'd have to take uh, an open trailer. Just tarp it up. Um, the, well, the problem with tarps is that when you're going at high speed, they do bad things. Um, so that's tarp it properly just uh, yeah it's, it's still not not that good still um you know it'd be better for me to like saran wrap the entire thing than to tarp yeah, it um, you could do to feed, you know book it time. soon though those things those things usually go pretty quick uh what what goes real quick uh rental stuff like that utility rental stuff even like trucks with lift gates are almost like months out for renting i'll, ha I'll have to reach out tomorrow and uh and confirm yeah. something since it's a month away just don't drag your feet um yeah i gotta do it so so anyway that that was my news i knew i had something to say uh i am i have to just double confirm it but um but yeah i will be at the blackthorn uh i will be bringing um drill presses probably at least one bandsaw uh some vices i have some blacksmith vices and i don't know i'm gonna i'm gonna bring like a variety of things i don't know exactly what's coming but things are coming and um, and the majority of people said they didn't want stuff that was restored. It's like sacrilege for this podcast since we're talking about restoration. But so they wanted to restore them themselves. So I'm bringing stuff that's like rusty and dirty. Maybe I'll bring some things that are slightly cleaned up. But um, yeah, but yeah, I'm bringing. It's almost more stuff. More, it's probably like more lucrative to like bring stuff for people to restore at this point. There's there's no way I'm going to be able to restore enough things to bring restored. Yes, also that. To sell. Also that. It's right. not going to happen. So you're good then. It's taken me like four months to do a Woodley. Yes. It's just not. Oh, I'm, I know. I'm the I know the feeling. I'm, I'm the worst. I'm just picturing like myself buying a leg vice from you, and then like trying to pass it off as a crutch to take it back on the plane with me. You could do it, Tanda. I believe in you. All right, we're going to the secret segment. Thank you for listening to this episode of Maker Skills. If you should need more skill information, you can find us on Instagram at maker.skills. You can also email us at makerskillspodcast at gmail.com. You can find me at PJ Galati, son of the junk hunter on Instagram and YouTube. You can find Tanda at Tanda Madison on Instagram, and you can find Tom at Infinite Craftsman on Instagram. We welcome any comments. Please leave us five-star reviews on Apple so that we can make more skill madness come your way. 
See you next time.